This is the Purposeful Career Podcast with Carla Hudson, episode 16. I'm Carla Hudson, brand strategist, entrepreneur, and life coach. Whether you're on the corporate or entrepreneur track, or maybe both, decades of experience has taught me that creating success happens from the inside out. It's about having the clarity, self-confidence, and unstoppable belief to go after and get everything you want. If you'll come with me, I'll show you how. Well, hello, friends. I hope you had an amazing week. We have been looking at getting unstuck all month, and we only have two episodes left. And I think they're the two most powerful because based on what I've seen in my corporate career and with my coaching clients, these are the two that I think affect most people. So the two that are left are fear of failure and fear of success. So this week we are talking all about fear of failure. And this one is near and dear to my heart because I truly believe this is the one that holds most of us back. And what's really interesting, I think, about this episode and what we're going to talk about here is it's going to be kind of like peeling back the layers of an onion or sort of unwinding a ball of yarn. We are going to slowly unravel the layers that go into fear of failure. And I'm going to ask you a series of questions. And I really encourage, like at the end of it, to sit with it and think about the questions that I ask you, because I don't think most of us know a clear definition of what does failure even mean, but we'll get to that in a minute. So let's go ahead and dive in because there's a lot of interesting things to look at here. So let's just start with the definition. So fear of failure is the irrational fear that we're not going to succeed at doing something that's really important to us. And this fear tends to happen when we have thoughts about doing the thing that way overestimate the risks that we associate with trying to go do it. These risks and this overestimating of the risks are kind of irrational, fear-based thoughts that cause us to engage in avoiding behaviors like procrastination or hiding or playing small and a host of other self-limiting actions. So let's first take a look at what we mean by overestimating the risks we associate with trying something new, because this is kind of that first layer and it's important to take a look at. So this overestimating the risk tends to crop up when we're trying something that we don't yet have experience in doing. I mean, think about it. If we feel competent at something because we've done it before, we have every reason to believe we're going to be able to do that thing again. That's where confidence actually comes from. It comes from being able to look at our past and the things that we've been successful at and being able to know, quote unquote, for sure that we're going to be successful at doing those things again. So if the new thing we want to go do is similar or the same as things we've already done before, we're very confident in our competence at doing the thing. If that's the case, we're probably not going to sink into fear of failure. 
But when we don't have experience in doing the new thing that we want to go do, that is when we tend to overestimate the risks of doing the new thing. So we've never done it before. We don't have any experience to call upon. And so that's when we start looking at the risks and the potential for failure. Psychologists refer to this overestimating the risks thing as catastrophizing. Catastrophizing is what psychologists define as imagining the worst thing that could happen or exaggerating the difficulties we'll face in doing the thing. And the problem with catastrophizing is that we tend to enlarge the challenge. So doing something we've never done before is already sort of hard, or at a minimum, it's challenging. But when we catastrophize, we sort of pour gasoline on the flame. It becomes this towering inferno of fear. And we've created it by our thoughts about it. This is because with catastrophizing, we'll start with an observation of a thing, potentially difficult thing. And then this leads to a quick cascade of follow-on thoughts that each get bigger and scarier than the one before it. So it's, I call it a catastrophe cascade. It is something that happens when there's a bunch of thought friends that follow on that are bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's why we then get rooted in fear. So let's look at a specific example of how catastrophizing holds us back. Let's say that you're in corporate America and that you've got your first huge presentation to some C-level executives coming up this week. You've never done it before, so you don't have any experience to call upon to know that you can actually go into these situations with CFO or CMO or whatever it is and be successful in presenting or selling in your idea. So if you're a catastrophizer, you might look at it like this. I'm terrible at presentations. So if it starts there, your catastrophic thought cascade might look like this. It might start with a thought like, I'm terrible at presentations. And then the catastrophizing thought cascade happens. Your next thought is, I'm a total loser. Your next thought after that is, I'm going to lose my job. Your next thought after that is, I'll be financially destitute. So it's like a pyramid. Like look at At the top, you've got one fear-based thought, and then you have all of these follow-on thoughts that get bigger and bigger and bigger. So one meeting (laughs) that you're not entirely sure is going to go well becomes you envisioning a future where you're homeless. And then guess what happens? You have the meeting, you go into it filled with anxiety or worry about potentially not doing well. So you're preoccupied, anxious, stiff, and not as on your game as you might hope to be. And even though it might go okay, it's probably not going to be your best effort because you were so consumed with all of these catastrophizing sorts of thoughts. So if you put this in the context of something really big and new that you want to go do, like maybe leave the company you've been with for 20 years to go with a new opportunity in a new company, or maybe change career paths altogether, or maybe leave corporate America and start your own business, you can see how a tendency to catastrophize would get in your way. Enlarging or exaggerating something you've never tried before 
kicks fear and anxiety into high gear. And then what do we do? Most of us, when we do that, we'll delay trying to do the new thing. We will think about it maybe, we'll dream about it, fantasize about it, but we'll never actually go do it. We'll get stuck. We hide and we stay in our safe comfort zone. Even though we might not love where we are in our life or our career right now, we try to convince ourselves that it's smarter or it's the better thing if we just play it safe. Maybe we try to convince ourselves that thing isn't meant for us. Because if it was, we wouldn't have so much anxiety about it. This is allowing our fear of failure and our tendency to catastrophize to keep us in the corner playing small. So now that we understand how fear of failure gets us stuck, let's look at what failure even means. And I think that is a really interesting question. I mean, for me, when I did this myself a couple of years ago, I was like, I didn't even know how to define it. I sort of floundered around thinking, well, I don't know. How do I define failure? And I'll tell you in a minute how I do it. And I think it might be helpful to you to kind of use something similar. But the first thing I want you to ask yourself is, do you know how you define failure? What does it mean to you? It's really an interesting question. And I would guess that most people don't know their definition. Is it about giving up before you finish? Is it about not even trying? Is it about not achieving the desired result? And I would say, usually on the first try. People set all these unrealistic expectations that they're just going to swing for the fences and nail it and it'll be perfect. And if it's not, then they're a total failure. If you don't have a clear definition of what it means to you to fail at something, I really suggest you spend a little time asking yourself how you define it today. And I'm going to give you a hint. It's probably not going to be something that you like. And you may not even have an easy time putting pen to paper with it because it's, for me, it was very challenging. Because if there's something you really, really want and you're not going after it because you fear you're going to fail, let's at least know what we mean by failing, right? I mean, after all, if we let fear of failure keep us stuck, and it could cost us our dreams. Let's at least know what it means to fail, according to our own definition. I do want to submit to you that there's a specific way to think about it that I chose about a year ago. And I look at it the way I look at how I did my corporate job. So most marketers today view everything through the lens of test and learn. Very few things about marketing and advertising in today's world are formulaic. Digital changed everything. The digital channels and the approaches that work are constantly changing and shifting. And so are market conditions and people and what works and competition. There's always disruption going on and there's always something shifting. So maybe 20 or 30 years ago, you could have kind of a bag of tricks and sort of trot those out when you want to go do something, but, and they would pretty much work. That is not the case today. Every single thing you do with every product is a test and learn, because even if something worked six months ago, you cannot guarantee it's going to work today. So now when I think about doing something new that I haven't done before, 
I don't think about it as, will I be successful or will I fail? I look at it as I'm going to test and learn until I figure it out. So testing and learning is about this. It's about saying, okay, here's what I know. And here's what I can sort of educate myself on. And then here's what I'm going to do based on that data. Here's what I'm going to go do. And I'm going to now put that into action. Then after you've done that, you launch it, see how it goes. And then instead of judging yourself, you instead look at it and say, well, how close did I get to the goal line? Did it work? And so you look at your results kind of pragmatically and you think about it as, okay, well, if I didn't meet my original goal or if I didn't get to the finish line with the new thing I wanted to go do, what can I learn from what I just did? And then what do I want to do differently next time? Then you put together your revised strategy and you run at it again and maybe again and maybe again, because test and learn is really not about swinging for the fences and hitting a grand slam. It's about, if we're going to stay with the baseball analogy, it is about, you know, getting to first base and then getting to second base and maybe getting to third base and eventually sliding in to home. It is about incremental progress. And It works perfectly for those who engage in fear of failure, because if you can reframe your view of learning to do new things more as a test and learn opportunity, it neutralizes all the pressure. There's nothing to be anxious or fearful about because all you're doing is really just seeing what works. It actually, if you're someone like me, I love to solve problems. It actually can really get you excited because you can look at it as a puzzle. What do I need to do? And let's just see based on all the data I have, let's just see if this works. If it doesn't work, okay, you know, what do I need to do differently? And eventually, through trial and error, testing and learning, if you're really good at harvesting your learnings, you're going to get to your goal. Maybe you'll do it on your first attempt. And if you do, that's great. But if you don't, it's not a failure. All you do is look at what you did, decide what worked and what didn't adjust it and run at it again. Eventually, you're going to find the right combination of actions and strategies that's going to get you to your destination. You're not assuming or pressuring yourself with nailing it on the first try. You're making it okay for the thing you want to go do to be a multi-step journey that you're going to figure out as you go. So there's no reason to beat yourself up. You see, for most people, The fear of failure is not necessarily about the challenges ahead or the level of effort that's going to be required. It's actually about the consequences we imagine of what failing will mean about us. And that's really all the way in. Like I told you at the beginning, it's going to be about layers here. Now we're all the way in because when we're afraid of doing the new thing, it's usually because we're afraid that the things that we do or the work that we need to do to achieve that new thing is not going to be good enough, which we usually make mean that we are not good enough. So by staying stuck, what we're really trying to avoid is feeling 
not good enough. And that is all the way in. Almost every human being on the planet feels that way at one time or another. And when we think a thought like we're not good enough, what are the emotions that we feel? All of the icky stuff like shame, embarrassment, disappointment in ourselves, worry that we're disappointing those that are important to us. We worry about losing face. So the next time you have something big you want to go do, something that you haven't done before, so you can't rely on any of your past successes to assure you of your ability to do that new thing, I encourage you to think of it as a test and learn opportunity. Whatever your answer was on your fear of failure, I really encourage you to evolve it into, I'm just going to test and learn. That takes all of the potential risk out of the equation, and it becomes a puzzle for you to solve. And that's a lot more interesting and a lot less scary than making it be an all or nothing. A, I'm either going to hit a grand slam or I'm going to be a miserable failure. <laughs> I'm going to not be good enough. It's that, that sort of catastrophizing thinking that keeps us hunkered down and playing small. And I think it's a shame because so many of us don't give ourselves permission to go and try big new things because we convince ourselves we're not going to be successful or that we're not good enough. And I would tell you that successful people, and I define success as the people who go after all the things they want in this life. It's not about money. It's not about anything other than what do you want to go do? And do you give yourself permission to do that? To me, that is success. It doesn't really matter what it all adds up to in terms of material possessions or money or any of that. It's about what is my dream and am I giving myself permission to go do it? Successful people, in my view, are the ones who learn how to leverage fear. Remember, what makes us fearless is not that we don't have fear, but we're confident in our ability to deal with the consequences of potentially trying something new and falling short, and that we don't make the falling short of the goal line mean anything negative about ourselves, our abilities, or our self-worth. So if you decide to reframe failure to mean that you're just testing and learning like I do, there are no consequences. There's just learning, adjusting, and trying again. And that's how you go from fear of failure to total and complete badass. So I'm going to leave it there until next week. Make it a great week, my friends. Do you have a life coach? If not, I'd be so honored to be your coach. I've created a virtual coaching program and monthly membership called Next Level. Inside, we take the material you hear on this podcast, study it, and then apply it. Join me at thepurposefulcareer.com backslash next level. Don't forget the, thepurposefulcareer.com backslash next level. Join me and together we'll make your career and life everything you dream of. We'll see you there.